Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's June 25th, 2022, and that means there's six months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we're baking up quite a tale for you. It's the history of Christmas's favorite baked good, gingerbread. Plus, we'll count down the top five Christmas gifts for dads, give you an idea to shine some Christmas light into your night, and we'll also hear your picks for how you recast the movie Die Hard in another edition of Recastmas Time. Okay, let's start the show! Yule Believers, and welcome to the Leon Day edition of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, the show all about Christmas history, Christmas traditions, Christmas media, and everything else Christmas. And if you're not familiar with Leon Day, well, Leon is Noel spelled backwards, and we've christened June 25th Leon Day because it means we're finally reached the halfway point between last Christmas and next Christmas. So, as is tradition, let us all enjoy the official Leon Day Carol! Indeed, Mr. Jovi, we will make it, and that I do swear. But as the name of this podcast states, I can't wait that long. In fact, I'd say I need a little Christmas now. We need a This Christmas Now tip is brought to you by my own laziness. You see, I've now been living in my new house for a full year, and in all that time, I have not gotten a lamp for my bedside table. I kept meaning to, but I couldn't pick something specific that I wanted. I did some half-hearted searching for a Christmas lamp, but unless I wanted a replica of that leg from the Christmas Story movie, the options seemed super underwhelming. But then, I was moving things around in my office, aka the Christmas cave, and I had to take my mini Christmas tree off my desk for some reason. It's just a foot and a half tall fake tree that used to belong to my mother-in-law, but when I inherited it, I took one of those strands of battery-operated mini lights and wrapped it around the mini tree, and it looked pretty cool. It just looked like someone took a tree and, like, shrunk it. But I almost never remember to turn it on when I'm in my office, because it's usually daylight. But then, I realized it would be a great fit for my bedside table. It doesn't do the job of a regular lamp, but it makes a lovely nightlight. So now I have it next to my bed, and if I need a little Christmas cheer to light up my night, it's just one flip of a switch away. So your suggestion for getting a little Christmas now is for us all to come to your house and hop in your bed? Whoa there, imaginary listeners, sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. That is not at all what I meant. I was suggesting that people can make their own Christmas nightlights. But what if they don't have a mini tree? Then they can just decorate any houseplant with a string of mini lights. What if they don't have any strands of mini lights? Maybe they could find some in a Christmas July sale that's bound to pop up soon? What if they don't want to go out and go shopping for mini lights? (sighs) Then I will apologize to them for wasting their time as we move on to our next segment, Five Golden Things. Five Golden Things. 
So it was just Father's Day a few days ago, and I saw a bunch of talk about people not knowing what to get their dads. Well, as an official dad, I figured I could share my insight with you on what a dad might like. So save this list for Christmas time as I offer you a window into my dad brain and list the top five gift ideas for dads, starting with number five, anything that you make. This technically should be number one. But I wanted it to be the first thing you heard, so I couldn't wait that long. Let me tell you, dads love the things our kids create for us. Just a few days ago, my oldest painted me a picture of my favorite actor, Harrison Ford. And last Christmas, my youngest painted original designs for each of us. He even let us pick from a couple concepts so we could choose the design that he'd create full size. These are great gifts because we dads love to see your creativity and we know how much of yourselves you put into a project like this. Just great stuff all around. Number four, magnetic wristbands. So even though I am a dad, I actually did some research for this to see what other dads wanted, and I came across these wristbands that are magnetic. Basically, you use them to hold nails or screws or Allen wrenches, basically anything that's tiny and metal. I remember when I was hanging some pictures and I had to keep going up and down the ladder because I kept dropping the nails. This kind of thing would have been super helpful. Also, for assembling some furniture. Just slap all those screws to your wristband and you don't have to keep looking for them or hold them in your mouth like a gross person. I was legit surprised at what a good idea this seemed like when I discovered it when I was doing research for gifts dad might like, so I officially sign off on it on this list. Number three, a projector. Now, this is definitely for the older kids because this is a big ticket item. But when lockdown hit a few years ago, we decided to get a projector so we could watch movies outside in the front or backyard just to change things up a bit. And it turned out to be really cool. There is something intangible but super special about enjoying a movie in the fresh air, especially if you can do it with your family. So a projector might be a good gift to get dad that is actually a gift for the whole family. Number two, a backpack. I am literally editing this episode while I am flying on a plane to Minnesota. Let me tell you, a good carry-on bag is crucial these days when you're flying. What I really like is a backpack that has plenty of room and also lots of compartments. So you can store your phone in one compartment, your glasses in another, your snacks in another, and especially if there's a big compartment for you to slide your laptop in. It's just great to be able to stuff all your essentials in there and just stow it under the seat. That's convenient, folks. Honorable mentions. Tickets. So, keeping in mind there is more than one kind of dad out there, I have to acknowledge that there are dads out there who enjoy the sports. So you could get your dad tickets to see his favorite football team, or those fellows with the bats, or those ruffians at ice skate, whatever sport he's into. Or if he's like me and he's not into sports, there's always a concert, a play, or a movie. Tickets is a great gift idea for a dad. Another honorable mention is something I saw when I was doing research for this, a book of dad jokes. You may regret getting it for your dad, but think of the joy those labored puns will bring him. Number one. Back scratcher. I don't know what happens when dudes become dads, but we all suddenly have the need to scratch our backs. Every dad I know sees a back scratcher and immediately has to try it out. Yet we never buy one for ourselves. This is where our kids come in. You can be the hero your dad needs and get him a simple yet glorious gift of a less itchy back. And that's my list. But what say the dads out there? What did I leave off? Let me know in the comments or shoot me an email at christmas at tancast.com. Uh-oh, it looks like we've got a late-breaking Leon Day news bulletin. So it's time for our Christmas news segment, All I Want for Christmas is News. All I want for Christmas is news. Stop, stop, stop the jingle. We don't want to get sued. 
because that is exactly what this Christmas news story is about. Mariah Carey is getting sued by Andy Stone over her Christmas mega hit, All I Want for Christmas is You. Stone, who performs under the name Vince Vance, is suing Mariah Carey, as well as her co-writer and her record label for $20 million claiming copyright infringement. You see, a few years before Mariah Carey's song came out, Vince Vance and the Valiants released a song with the same name that was a pretty decent hit, especially on the country stations. Take back the tinsel, stockings and bows, cause all I want for Christmas is you. But now, decades later, he is suing Carey because he claims that she knowingly, willfully, and intentionally engaged in a campaign to capitalize on the popularity of his song and calls Carey's version a derivative work. Now, if you follow the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast on Twitter, you know I already went on a long rant about why this lawsuit is nonsense. First of all, Carrie's song is absolutely not derivative. Other than those seven words in the title, the songs are nothing alike. The melody is different, the lyrics are different, and the style of music is wildly different. Also, I'm not a lawyer, but I have looked into copyright law more than the average bear, and I can tell you that, according to the United States Copyright Office, words and short phrases are not eligible for copyright protection, and that includes titles. Copyright would protect the lyrics to the song as a whole, but not just tiny snippets or even just the title. Now, a lot of people seem bewildered as to why Vance waited so long to file the suit, but I'm pretty sure I know why. You see, copyright doesn't protect a title, but a trademark does, which is why even though the original Winnie the Pooh book entered public domain this year, don't think you can just use the phrase Winnie the Pooh willy-nilly. Disney has several trademarks on that phrase, and you can bet they will enforce them. And speaking of trademarks, I did a search to see if All I Want for Christmas is You had a registered trademark, and lo and behold, a company called Lotion LLC applied for and received a trademark on that phrase for anything from clothing and wrapping paper to beer, wine, and even video games. They applied for the mark in September of 2019, and their application was accepted and the mark registered on December 31st, 2019. Oh, and do you know who owns Lotion LLC? Did you guess Mariah Carey? If you did, you'd be right. So at this point, I'm just speculating, but let's look at what probably happened. In 2019, Vince Vance is able to promote his song and whatever products he wants during Christmas because the trademark doesn't get registered until New Year's Eve. Shout out to that poor person in the copyright office who apparently had to work New Year's Eve to approve that trademark. Then, in 2020, nobody's promoting anything. We're all locked down, staying at home, and trying to be safe. By 2021, we have vaccines. Things are opening up again, so Vance sets out to promote his song during Christmas and probably runs into some issue with the newly filed trademark. But he's missed his window to object to the registration process. That was back in 2019. So he has to find another way to ensure that he can promote his song. So he's suing for copyright as a tactic to negotiate. Now that's just my theory. We'll see where this all goes, if it goes anywhere. But if there are any new developments, we'll let you know here at the Can't Wait for Christmas News Desk. And now, a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. We're the Elves from Tis the Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And Tis the Podcast is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Join us each week as we rank, review, and discuss all your favorite Christmas movies and television shows. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes it's a verbal brawl. But each and every week is guaranteed to be fun. Come join us. Welcome back. 
When it comes to Christmas, there's no shortage of great foods to eat. From turkey to candy canes, you have plenty of options for festive foods once the holiday season begins. But there is one food that stands tall over the Christmas menu. So today, we're going to talk about gingerbread. Yeah, 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 feel like I'm made out of gingerbread. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Crumb thick and lip licking gingerbread. Uh-huh, uh-huh. About rainy weather now. I finally got myself together now. Fresh out of the pan, sweet gingerbread man. Now, when this idea first breezed into my head, I assumed the history of gingerbread would be pretty straightforward. It would have its origins in X place and at X time, and that would be that. But once I started looking into it, I found that the origins of gingerbread are like a global tour through time, touching multiple countries on four continents. So it's a good thing I still have my toy DeLorean attached to the train set under my Christmas tree, because to start off, we're going to go all the way back to where ginger got its start, ancient Southeast Asia. So ginger wasn't just a plant someone found just growing there. It had to be cultivated. Basically, they messed with some plants to breed the specific qualities they wanted, and now we have ginger which, in addition to being used as a spice, also has some medicinal uses. For example, you can use ginger to help alleviate the pain of an upset stomach. So the next time you have a tummy ache, bake up a batch of gingerbread cookies. That's not how that works. What? Do you put some sort of disclaimer on your shows so people know they shouldn't take medical advice from you? Not specifically. Well, you might want to think about doing it. Oh, relax. Anyway, another of Ginger's uses was a result of lack of refrigeration technology. They would use the spice to cover up the flavor of spoiled ingredients, like rotting meat. Ew. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Anyway, ginger was spread to the Pacific Islands and India when the Austronesians of Southeast Asia began to migrate to other areas. Then, through the spice trade, ginger eventually made its way to the Middle East. Fast forward quite a bit and we get to the Crusades, where a lot of rotten things happened that not even ginger could hide the flavor of. But Crusaders returning to Europe brought gingerbread back with them. Gingerbread? Where'd they get gingerbread? So far, you've only been talking about the spice, ginger. Oh, snap, you're right. We better turn this time machine around and head back to ancient Greece. The earliest gingerbread recipe we can find comes from Greece in 2400 BC. And the Greeks took their gingerbread seriously. They would feed it to the guardian dragon of the temple of Pallas Athena. And if the dragon didn't eat it, it meant bad luck for them. Also, when someone from ancient Greece died, a piece of gingerbread was placed in their mouth so they could give it as a sacrifice to the god of the underworld. The ancient Romans also got in on the gingerbread sacrificing action. It was common to sacrifice hair to the gods for favors, but hair grows way slower than gingerbread bakes, so they'd shape gingerbread like a hair braid and sacrifice that. They would also use pottery to make molds to shape their gingerbread. They created gingerbread in the shape of gods, emperors, warlords, or just normal everyday stuff. But after the Roman Empire fell, we get to the Middle Ages and back to those crusades I mentioned earlier. Now, gingerbread is brought to Europe, and soon after it becomes a treat people give each other on special occasions. New Year's, Easter, and you know it, Christmas. The pottery molds give way to more elaborate wooden molds. This gave rise to gingerbread fairs, where people would sell their gingerbread treats. These fairs grew very popular. A very big fan was Queen Elizabeth of England. So much so, she started using the wooden molds to make specific caricatures of visiting dignitaries so she could give them a gingerbread cookie in their own likeness. This is generally believed to be the prototype for today's much more generic gingerbread men. 
Now, there are many ways to make gingerbread. There are a lot of variations on the recipe. Some use sugar, some use honey, some use molasses. It just depends on what's available and affordable in the region it's being made. Speaking of regions, as the Europeans started migrating to North America, they brought their gingerbread recipes with them. This included the mother of the father of our country, George Washington's mother, who served her version of gingerbread to the Marquis de Lafayette. In fact, if you've ever had Lafayette gingerbread, you've had a version of Mrs. Washington's recipe, and now you know why it's called that. But now we gotta pop back over the pond to Germany, where the next two innovations in gingerbread take place. The idea of icing the cookies starts in Germany in the 1850s, and the invention of the gingerbread house also happens in Germany... But the date on that isn't really certain. What is known is that the gingerbread house became wildly popular after a little fairy tale called Hansel and Gretel was published in 1812. Sometime in the 19th century, the tradition of making gingerbread houses is brought to America. And in 2013, America breaks the world record for the largest gingerbread house for the one built in Bryan, Texas, which was made with about 4,000 gingerbread bricks and covers an area of 2,520 square feet. Fun fact, that is over a thousand more square feet than the house I am currently recording this podcast in. But you know what? You don't have to break any records this year. Just bake your favorite recipe, enjoy your gingerbread cookies or houses or whatever confection brings you holiday gingerbread joy. Fresh out of the pan, sweet gingerbread man. Fresh out of the pan, sweet gingerbread man. Now for our final segment, it's time to think like a Hollywood producer because it's Recastmas time. We're simply having a wacky Recastmas time. All year, I'm asking you to recast the movies and specials we know and love every Christmas to see if we can make something new, exciting, or at the very least, interesting. Last time, I had you recast miss the controversial Christmas movie, Die Hard. And I have to say, this one seemed like a stumper. Didn't get quite as many submissions this time, but I definitely appreciate the ones we got. Like this one from John, who says... The recastmas should include all of our beloved imaginary characters. The voice of Siri can play Holly. The imaginary listener who sounds like Kermit can play Sergeant Powell. The ghost of Christmas past can be the insane killer Carl. The guy who sounds like Mickey Mouse but for copyright and trademark reasons is definitely not Mickey Mouse can play the annoying news anchor. Prospector guy can play the clueless police chief. The guy with asthma that suspiciously sounds like Darth Vader can play Hans Gruber. And Arnold can finally be cast as John McClane. You can add in other characters for the lesser-known roles. Oh, and Tim, you can play the cocky business guy. He thinks he's the funny business guy. Not not that you're not funny. You're hilarious. I promise. I love your jokes. P.S. Captain Slinky should have a role as well to force him into accepting this as a Christmas movie. (laughs) Yeah, I love it, John. I don't see that going down well with Captain Slinky. And uh, I do have to say, the one part I might take exception to is the fact where I am being cast as Ellis. Uh, spoiler alert. Ellis, shall we say, does not make it to any of the sequels? Ouch. Finally, we got this comment on TikTok from Wellpoke322, who says, replace them all with Muppets. Nice, Wellpoke. Like I said for the Home Alone recastmas, that's pretty much a great idea for any movie. Trying to think of which Muppet would play who, though. The obvious plays have Kermit as John McClane and Piggy as Holly, but I think it might be more interesting to see Kermit as Sergeant Powell and Gonzo as John McClane. 
And that means we get Camilla the Chicken as Bonnie. Scooter has got to be Argyle. And Fozzie is that clueless police captain guy. Rizzo and Pepe are the two FBI agents with the same last name who come in on the helicopter. Crazy Larry is the safecracker guy. But who do you put as Hans Gruber? I feel like it can't be one of our main Muppets. I think he casts a human in that part. And I don't think there's a better choice than Adam Driver. As much as I hate Kylo Ren, hashtag justice for Han Solo, I think Adam could be for Muppet Die Hard what Michael Caine was for the Muppet Christmas Carol. Well, thank you to all the folks who helped us recastmas this movie, and now we're going to do it all again. This time, we're picking another controversial movie, the live-action How the Grinch Stole Christmas. This movie is very polarizing. It seems people either love it or hate it. I fall into the love-it camp, but could this work without Jim Carrey? Should you cast another comedic actor who would bring some of the same zaniness that Jim did, or do you cast someone a little more serious so the Grinch is a little more frightening? And what about the rest of these who's? Especially Cindy Lou Who, who is no more than two in the book. Yet, it seems like she's at least ten years old in the movie, but that's all academic. It's in your hands now. Who would you cast? Remember, this can use actors from any time period and actors at any point in their career. You can keep it consistent, like you are casting in a certain year, or pluck any actors or actresses out of the time stream and put them in just how you like. Just like the folks you heard from today, you can send your choices in by email, christmas at tancast.com, Facebook, can't wait for Christmas pod, Instagram, can't wait for Christmas pod, TikTok, can't wait for Christmas pod, or Twitter, where we're just Christmas pod. Let us know who you would put in the Grinch so we can all have a wacky recastmas time. We're simply having a wacky recastmas time. And that's our show. But next month is our seven-year anniversary, which means it's time for another listener feedback special. I want the entire episode to be based on your feedback. So please, send in suggestions for what you want to hear. You have a Christmas Now tip? Send it in. A five golden things list idea? Send it in. Is there a topic you'd like to hear us do a deep dive on? Please send it in. You can send them to our email address, christmas at tancast.com, or you can leave comments at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com, or message us on any of our social media. But just get us your ideas. The sooner the better, so we can use them on our July episode. Okay. Happy Leon Day, everybody. Be sure to enjoy Christmas in July. And until next time, you will believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2022. Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, Can't Wait for Christmas pod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. 
Merry Christmas. This Christmas tip now. No, this Christmas now tip. That's the way that works. Search for this to see what other dads wanted, and I came across these wristbands that are magnetic. 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 <laughs> Only funny to people of a certain age. Also, for assembling furniture, just slap... Oops. Don't slap the microphone, because that will ruin the take. Another honorable mention I saw when I was doing research for this... Ah! Oof. It's like my tongue swole up and just decided to not move around and make specific syllables. Tongue, get it together, man. Another honorable mention I saw. Another honorable mention I saw when I was doing research for this. There it goes again. Research for this. Another honorable mention I saw when I was doing research. Research. I can't. Do it. Why? Copyright would protect the lyrics to the song as a whole, but not as just... Copyright... Copyright would... Why am I yelling? Who are you yelling at, Tim? Just just say the news, man. Ain't no need to get all shouty, baby. And that's our show. But next month is our seven-year anniversary, Right? Is that right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> math. Math is my enemy. I tried to do some math in my head. Instantly failed. Bow, 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 bow. It's seven. Yeah. 2015 plus seven equals 2022, the current year. Hashtag nailed it.